Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is dedicated to beautiful Bobby Eaton. Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is brought to you by Yuki Dragon. Everyone has faced the problem, what gift to choose? What gift to give yourself when you're sitting at home? What gift to give others, whether it be a friend, a parent, a wife, a husband? What gift do you give to your children or even a colleague at work? Well, if you want to give somebody the gift of surprise, maybe even the gift of novelty, or a gift that has that wow factor, why not choose Uni Dragon Wooden Puzzles because they will solve your problem. Why do people love Unidragon puzzles so much? Because each puzzle has its own unique shape. It's interesting for adults and for children. Each puzzle is packed in a premium wooden gift box and new puzzles are released every month. Also with these enthralling puzzles is an incredible colorful design as well. So if you go to unidragon.com and use the promo code POWER10, you will get 10% off your order. That is unidragon.com. Use that promo code POWER10 and you will be enthralled by the greatest puzzles of all time. Unidragon. Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach small products to your backpack, roller, or tote. It is very important to have the right luggage and the right bag when you are traveling. There's no doubt about that. We are now teaming up with DB for an exclusive offer to our listeners of 10% off when you purchase by using the code POD10 or going to the link in the show notes. DB, it's time to move on. It's time to get going. That is 10% off using the code POD10 at our link. That is DB, it's time to move on and it's time to get going. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Podcast.
Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP, John Paz, and with me today is a very special guest. He's a former NWA World Tag Team Champion, a former TNA King of the Mountain Champion. You may know him as Bram, but of course he is Mr. Tom Latimer. Tom, welcome to the two-man power trip. How are you doing today, sir? Thank you. Thank you for having me, uh, John. No problem at all. So what's going on? What, what have you been up to? Uh seem like you're a busy guy. Uh, I am. Um my my day actually starts at this is very boring no one's gonna care but um my day actually starts at 3 a.m so i get up well, i drag myself out of bed at 3 a.m i i go work out and then uh, i have a a real job and uh, that involves uh, actually um i take people to their hospital and doctor's appointments people in wheelchairs and kids to school and stuff like that so i generally start work at 6 a.m and then uh I'll work until about 6 p.m. And then I'll get back. I'll do paperwork. I'll eat because I've just started fasting, so I don't eat all day. And then I'll uh, I'll spend a little bit of time with my uh, better half, Kaylee. And then I go to bed by about 7. So that's my uh, that's my life. So, yeah. Nice. And wrestle, too, right? I mean, you got to stay in shape. You got to work out. And you're, you're still wrestling, obviously. Still still wrestling. But that's um, with the NWA, we, we take. Um, every two to three months, like uh, four, so four, four or so day, like a pay per view, and then four days. So uh, you know, there's not. I've gone from wrestling full time and that being my full time living, um, sort of the last ten years, to to now it, it really being sort of a, a sort of secondary income and something that's um, you know my real job kind of takes uh, uh, precedence over over wrestling. With. Uh, the NWA, obviously, they got a couple of huge shows coming up in St. Louis. You got the 73rd anniversary show, which is pay per view. Got the Empower, which is the women's pay per view, and then you got a couple tapings. What, what's the thought process here with St. Louis? I mean, this is old school NWA. Are you loving that? Oh, totally. I mean, it's um, yeah, it's a it's a blast from the past, and um, I think everyone's really pumped. I mean, uh, I I don't know how long it is twenty thirty maybe more years since they've since they've been in that building so i know that st louis is is excited to have wrestling back excited to have the nwa back and uh you'd like you said we're doing a, a an only women's pay-per-view which is super exciting and i think that you know after that was announced a lot of a lot of the other companies are sort of you know and that's how it goes in pro wrestling they've seen someone else do it so they've all jumped on it but I mean, you're going to see a lot of uh, people that uh, aren't signed with any other sort of promotions and some eyeballs on some new, talented, interesting people. Um, you know, uh, women's wrestling's kind of you know taken off, and so that's that's cool. That you know, if you're a if you're a, 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 a woman's wrestler, there's more opportunities, uh, more eyes on you, more places to be able to apply your craft. And then if you're a woman's wrestling fan. Then you've got an alternative. So I'll be interested to see how the NWA uh, runs with that. You've got Mickey James, who's sort of um, running the show there. You couldn't really have a better sort of, uh, you know, person to be to be um, taking that under a wing and running with it. So that's exciting. Camille will be wrestling on there as the as the NWA Women's Champion, and uh, and then yeah, NWA seventy three. So I think we're all pretty pumped. It's also another step up. After leaving YouTube, going to Fight TV, it's a step up. Leaving the GPV studios and going back to kind of where the NWA originated is another step up. So it's an exciting time for the NWA and everybody that's uh, involved. Do you know what you'll be doing yet on the card? 
No, I, you know, <laughs> wrestling is one of those things where you find out on the day, you know, and uh, so you, um, yeah, you kind of just figure out as it as it as it comes. I don't, I, um, I don't, I don't have any clue. I couldn't tell you anything, even if even if I knew, I couldn't. Because, well, I would if I knew, but I don't. So. Is it cool to have Camille kind of be the centerpiece of the other pay-per-view? And, you you know, obviously you guys, you and Nick, are probably going to be somewhat of the centerpiece of the 73rd anniversary pay-per-view. Well, I would presume and hope that Strictly Business uh, would be um, sort of highlighted in uh, in all of it. Um, and, I, and I presume that's going to be the case. But I guess it's kind of one of those deals where um, whatever sort of situation we're put in uh, as the professionals that we are, we knock it out of the park because we know that that's how you set the the standard and and set the the ball in motion for how the rest of the time's going to go. So then whoever's on the card, whoever's uh, you know going to be put in that position to be showcased on the card is is you know going to give it one hundred and ten percent. Not that they wouldn't anyway, but it's definitely um, you know an incentive to to um, strike while the iron's hot, you know. Yeah, and it seems like obviously with Empower you got uh, Diana Perazzo is going to be on there. Gail Kim was kind of teasing something with that too. So there's going to be other promotions involved, not just the NWA. I mean, that's got to be a cool thing. Just you know, who the hell knows? You never know who's going to show up. Could be ROH, Impact, AEW. You never know. Well, I mean, that's kind of the crazy and cool thing with wrestling at the moment that it it. The things that wouldn't have that you never would have thought could happen happen nowadays. Um, so it is an exciting time, and I think that the more places that want to work together, the more exciting it is for the fans because they know that they can see they could see matches happening that wouldn't have necessarily been allowed to take place before. So I think a working relate. I mean, NWA's had a working and does have a working relationship with Ring of Honor. And then, you know, obviously, there's a lot of people just like myself that have wrestled for, you know, TNA before. And so um, that also being another door that's op- open is exciting. Of course, they've got a relationship with AEW. So you just never you just never know. And that's and that's the exciting thing about um, wrestling um, in this day and age is, like you said, who, who knows? And and of course, you got to think a lot of other a lot of other people that wouldn't have been able to wrestle for these other promotions now they could so obviously they're excited and they want to get stuck in too with the uh, nwa obviously billy corgan is the boss he's the man in charge i interviewed him not that long ago i was kind of surprised at how big of a wrestling fan he was and like old school fan what do you think about billy and working for billy and just his passion for the business it's kind of interesting because he's so famous from the smashing pumpkins but it's like wow he's such a big wrestling fan he's really invested in professional wrestling in the nwa um me and billy's relationship started uh when i couldn't tell you how i mean it's many years ago now when when he was when he would come to uh impact and uh this is and we sort of hit off the uh, we sort of, you know, became kind of close almost uh, instantly. You know, I think uh, when we took a we took a liking to each other. I mean, I was I was always a fan of the Smashing Pumpkins. Anyway, my best friend Pat in the UK, one of my best friends, he's uh, he was a big uh, Smashing Pumpkins fan. So he was very jealous when he realizes that I was hanging out with uh, with Billy. But um, 
yeah, we, you know, we, we, we hit it off. And he almost became at one point my agony aunt while I was in Impact. Like he knew that I had a drinking problem. He knew that I had a drug problem. And I would go to him and sort of moan and complain. And so, and he, you know, he would try and steer me in the right direction and sort of, you know, um, uh, what's the word? Sort of, you know, try and help me out a little bit with what I was going through because you know, I, I kind of relate to that maybe a little bit. But I didn't know that down the line he'd be my boss, so maybe I wouldn't have told him the things that I did back then. But, you know, he <laughs> understands that deep down I'm not, you know, I, everyone goes through stuff. So, um, you know, and then Billy started, uh, you know, he got, I think he was hired by Impact and he would do a lot of the backstage stuff. And he did a lot of the stuff with me and Decay and, and, and whatnot when we were, when that little feud was going on back then. And so uh, then obviously there was a bit of a falling out. Billy went his own way, Impact went their own way. And then, you know, Billy, Billy bought the NWA and, and he, like I said, he, he, like you said, he was always a, a big wrestling fan. I, I remember watching, I don't know if it was a WrestleMania or something from years back and he was in the crowd. And I think he did some stuff at ECW and, um, you know, so it was kind of cool. And like you said, he is an old school wrestling fan. He likes that old school stuff. And that's kind of where I fit. You know, I like the old school stuff. I like man versus man beating each other up. I'm not a big fan of the, synchronized sort of um, dance routines that it seems to be now so you know he's he likes his storytelling he's good versus bad you know uh, good guy versus the evil guy and two guys duking it out and being able to cut a promo so um like and it's good that he he understands and it's and it's different to everything else that's going on too i mean yes it's it's old and it's 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 been it's been done but it's not really being done today at least not in that you know in the stage kind of and the studio setting and, and, and old school like wrestling that your your parents used to watch or whatever. So oh it's really good. And the fact that like you say, he is you know, he knows his history and um and and he's sort of brought it back from from the ashes. So um and I'm happy that we always had a good relationship and out and Nick's one of my best friends too. So for me joining there was kind of a kind of a no-brainer and um and it's nice to see the evolution of it and obviously after covid we had a bit of a spanner in the works but now we're just again we're slowly climbing that ladder feels like with him he definitely loves the old school guys like there's not too many of those small guys there's not you know in the other organizations they have a lot of the you know cruiserweights wherever you want to say the smaller guys that are doing the gymnastic routine or they're doing this he's totally against that if you look at the roster there's really no small guys you're big Nick is big. Obviously, you know, the Pope it might be the one of the smaller guys, and he's not small at all. JTG might be one of the smaller guys. He's not small at all. You know what I mean? He, he definitely <laughs> likes his bigger guys. No, it's kind of funny because, like you say, JTD, JTG isn't small. Pope's not small. And um, you don't really realize that. I mean, they came from the land of the Giants, working from WWE, you know, back in the day. And so these dudes are big dudes, but you don't realize it until you're around them and, and, and you see them. But no, I mean, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that style of wrestling if that's what you like uh, and whatnot. And the, a lot of that stuff I couldn't um, imagine to try and to try and do as far as, you know, I'm athletic, but not to that degree. Um, and it, like you said, it's different. And it's, it's a niche coming from kind of what everyone else is doing. It's nice if you like, the old school, two big, muscly kind of dudes beating each other up, then this is, you know, this is for you. I guess this is for maybe the older generation that doesn't necessarily enjoy 
what wrestling is everywhere else nowadays. Yeah, there was definitely some lapse fans that are just like, man, I don't really like this stuff anymore. And you saw a lot of those fans go away, and hopefully the NWA is kind of bringing them back or at least getting their interest back in wrestling because it's more let's you know like let the guy cut the promo let's do the heel versus face like more simplified but kind of the storytelling that a lot of the fans prefer uh, for sure and you said simplified and that's you what you don't really watch you know if you want to you go see a movie or you uh, you know you watch a, a documentary you do something that you really want to get invested in right whereas wrestling of course you want to be invested you need to be invested you want to feel for the guys you want to hate the bad guys but you're right. It, it, it's 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 simpler. The the simple version of it. It's more digestible. You don't need to. You're not puzzled by what's going on. It's very straightforward. And uh, for me, I always thought that's how wrestling should be: straightforward, to the point. You know who to cheer for. You know you know who to to boo for. Uh, you can follow along. The rules make sense. Uh, so yeah, simple simple sometimes is better. It's just like when uh, Tim Storm was feuding with Strictly Business and feuding with Nick. It was like, okay, it's sink or swim. Here's the microphone. You're the babyface. You're going to promo Nick. You're the you know you're the heel. You're going to promo. It was very good storytelling, but it was just like, wow, this is a very old school because you didn't really see that too much with with some of the other organizations. Like, I love that the podium is basically kind of like the home base. There you go. Shoot, you know, or you know, cut your promo. There's no script. Here's some bullet points or whatever. You know, go. Yeah, that's that's right, and you, know, you need to kind of know who you are, and I think that, and besides that, you're talking about Nick, you're talking about Tim, one ex heavyweight champion and the heavyweight champion. I mean, you got two guys there that 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 you can just knock out of the park no matter what situation they're put in, and then you've also got two, like they did with the series of the ten pounds of gold. You've got two incredible backstories. You've got uh, you've got Tim Storm who's a guy who's on the back end of his career, but cares and loves about the business so much. He's a school teacher, you know, looks after kids. And then you've got Nick, who is also, you know, sort of teetering between a good and a bad guy. You know, he's not, you know, he might come across as slightly arrogant or, you know, you know he wears nice clothes and so but then, this, you know, it holds the, uh, you know, the, the, champ the championship with pride and whatnot. And there's some people that are going to um, sort of uh, look up to that. And there's other people that are going to think that he's some sort of pompous kind of guy. So, but at the same time, he's a family man and he's, you know, he's got a little boy and he's married. And so you've got all these sorts of, you know, you've got this roller coaster of emotions because you, you like Nick, but you're also kind of jealous of him and envious of him. And he might rub people the wrong way. And you've got Tim you know, who's your bona fide baby face. And so, you know, you, when you bring them sort of those two sort of elements together, you get, it, you know, it kind of writes itself. And you've got this beautiful emotional story that you can go through. Um, and, and really, that's what it's all about. You know, you you want to you, you want to watch that. Like you say, it wants to be simple. But at the same time, you need to care about the characters. You need to care that either Nick wins and beats Tim and sends him on, on his way. Or you pray and hope that Tim pulls it, the cat out the bag and somehow slips a victory and becomes a champion again. Like, in the, you know, you want to be emotionally invested in the characters. And I think that you've got two guys there that could, could do that all day. And you've got, you've got an easy, simple story to follow. With you and Nick, like, where does the relationship go back to? I mean, we're going back many, many years. Where, where did the relationship with him first start? Obviously, now with Strictly Business, you guys are you know, you know, part of the faction together. But, I mean, when originally, where did that kind of relationship stem from? Um, we, we originally met, 
um, on the the UK independent scene in uh, I don't know between 2005 and 2007. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you the exact date, but Brian Dixon was um, all star wrestling. All star wrestling, yeah, he's uh, a guy that's been around forever. Every you know, everyone loves Brian. Everyone when the, you know a lot of the Americans would come over and work for Brian or guys from nowhere, and it was kind of the place to be because back in the day, I mean, even now. There's not, there's nowhere where you can work six, seven days a week. There's nowhere where you get that much experience. You're around guys that have wrestled their whole lives. Like it was basically where you went to learn the job. You went to learn and you learned the job as you went. Yeah. Even when it came to how you behave and the things outside of the ring that like you learned, we learned so much there and we're around such talented people. And um, it, it was really sort of, you can't, it's it's a shame that it's not like that everywhere else because I mean you you get such um, knowledge and um, you kind of figure out if you want to do this job or not working for Brian and so we met then and I I pro I want to say that when we first met I was kind of a bit on the fence <laughs> to, to be honest I was like oh, I don't know if I like this guy but we we ended up having a I think the same day I was kind of like, oh, I'm not too sure about this guy and then we rode from one uh, camp which is like a holiday park to another where we'd wrestle the next day because we'd just stay on the road. We'd never go home, especially during the summer. And uh, on that car ride, uh, yeah, that's when we, we became uh, best buds. And, and we've pretty much been inseparable uh, from that point. Um, we would wrestle all the time together. Nick would run his own shows. I'd wrestle on his shows. And then um, he had an agent um, and... He, the Gladi the series TV series of Gladiators was coming back out, and so they were looking for sort of you know dudes that are in shape and things like that. So he ended up getting his agent got him the gig, and then he was like, "Hey, come come do this with me. Maybe they'll take a look at you." So we kind of did that together, and we actually got down to the last lot. And um, and I remember the day that uh, they were the production company was ringing everyone to tell them that they'd, they'd made it right, and he rings me, he's like, "I'm in." Or whatever and then i'm like oh shit and then eventually i got my phone call and they were like oh sorry <laughs> oh, i was man. like damn so we split up at that point i continued wrestling he went on and did gladiators and he would wrestle in between and then i think he did some pantomime stuff and things like that so we'd still be seeing each other sporadically and then after that he went to to tna and then i think maybe a year or two after that i got hired and so he'd gone to america a couple more years later i ended up in america and then, um, you know, again, we'd see each other whenever we could. We both, at one point, we were both living sort of in Tampa, so we, we got to hang out quite a bit. And then um, once once I got fired from WWE, then Nick again sort of said, hey, come come to TNA, you know, come show your face. And so uh, through that, that's how I ended up in, uh, in TNA. And then we were sort of back together doing our thing, which is kind of cool after all that sort of time, you know. And yep. then with the NWA, it was the same. It was the same sort of situation, you know. Did he recruit you into the NWA? Um, or was that no, I, I, I mean, would, you know, would he have? Yes, for sure. I think that um, I'd already built that relationship with Billy, oh. uh, and um, it was still in its infancy, in, in its early stages. Nick was uh, defending the belt everywhere, and it was kind of just Nick, and maybe David Garner, and Billy running that, filming it. You know, sort of. Slowly getting the the gears going on the on the on the idea behind the NWA, 
even when I was in the UK wrestling independently, once I'd left uh, Impact, uh, Nick came and we we wrestled somewhere where he defended the belt against me on on some show, and so it hadn't really there was nothing. The only at that point there was only Nick, and that's all all that really was needed until Billy obviously wanted to. Okay, let's actually build a roster here. Let's let's start a show. Um, so once I had come back to live in the states full time you know i sort of said hey billy i'm coming back and then pretty much i think i think the day that i think the day that i got to clarksville there was a pop-up nwa event with tried and true uh and then i think it was the, the next day i arrived here i was on that show and then i never left when you go to the nwa eventually you get put with nick whose idea is to put you guys together and form strictly business and kind of become that unit <clears throat> Um, it was just, it was an idea that was, it was, I mean, it took a bit of time for us to evolve. Um, you know, again, it's kind of a no brainer. We're going to, we're going to end up together. We're going to end up doing something. Um, so they, um, so Royce Isaacs where ended up being my tag partner. And I think it was originally, it was supposed to be Starks and, um, Royce, but I think Starks in Japan or something happened. I don't know. And I just got back. So um, the idea was to stick us together. So the day that I think we met the day before the Crockett Cup, so the day before we were supposed to tag and, and, and go all the way except to the, you know, except to win it. Um, so we had it off the off the bat straight away and became became close friends, um, even though we were kind of just a bit like, ah, we don't know um, <clears throat> what we're doing. We're kind of an odd pairing. Um, we lost that, and then we went back to Ring of Honor and on a show beat the guys for the tag belt. So we had the, the tag team belts coming into the first set of NWA power. And I Villain think Enterprises. Just, yeah, and I think that um, it was just a, a sort of slow progression to go, okay, Nick's feuding with, with Tim. Uh, let's kind of see how it goes. But, I mean, I think it was always kind of in the works that we would form some sort of a, a, of a stable, um, uh, you know, it, 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 not, I mean, it could have kind of it was happened kind of organically, but at the same time, it just kind of kind of made sense. What do you think about Royce? I mean, obviously, you guys are NWA tag champs. What do you think about him chemistry, like on the camera and then away from the camera? Um, so we got on great outside of the outside of the outside of the ring, um, and you know he's gone, he's um, doing bits and bobs with um, the AEW. So I'm super super proud of him. Um, so it was kind of me and Royce, I feel like, and he'd probably say that too. Like he's got another tag partner and they're, they've been tagging for a long time and, um, they, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of more entwined with each other. I, you know, I, I was in a tag team in WWE and then, you know, I kind of not really done anything like that for, for a while. And we didn't really have a lot of time to sort of gel or come up with things and, you know, so we just kind of, we, you know, obviously he lives in California. I live in uh, Tennessee. So um, we would just kind of show up and do it. And, uh, you know, could we have gelled more? I think so. Uh, I just feel like we, we just kind of, we were thrown together and we knew that and we just tried to kind of make the best of it. With him, do you think he fit the Strictly business or you think, eh, you know what I mean? Like, does he fit that mold with you guys? Or is that kind of yeah. a little bit of a... Yeah, I think so. But you, you also you don't want everyone to be the same. I feel like um, had had a 
after COVID, you know, a lot of the guys went other places. A lot, you know, there's only a handful of people that are sort of under deals. So you're you're a free agent technically. If you're not signed to somewhere, then you can go anywhere and, and do what you want. And Billy, on the first day of the of when we we started taping NWA Power, you know, he said to people, "Hey, you know, if you want to be here, great. If you want to be here for ten years, cool. If you want to be here for ten months, cool." You know, it's entirely up to you. If this is a stepping stone somewhere else, go for it. There was never any, you know what I mean? Uh, I own you or, or any of that. You're free to, to do whatever you want. You know, this is your opportunity to shine. And if that helps you get somewhere else, fantastic. And so after COVID, there wasn't NWA, you know, kind of halted, just going through some stuff. And so, you know, the guys got to eat. The guys, that's what they do. They wrestle. So, you know, a lot of these guys sort of, sort of jump ship. And, um, you know, you, and you can't blame them and they've got to put food on, on the table. And so that was kind of the situation with it, you know. Uh, 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 so a lot of people jumped. But do I think that he fit? I think that he did. I think that in, if there was more time for us to grow as a unit, we were also kind of figuring out who each person is too. Like Royce had a, a relationship um, with, you know, one of the, one of the ladies there. Um, uh and I'm having a brain fart. She'll kill me. May, May Valentine. May, there we go. There we go. Thank you, <laughs> um, May. And um, so, and May's never done that before either. So she's she's never sort of been, uh, you know, in any kind of. She she would interview people and do things like that, but she'd never. This is the first kind of running the wrestling business. So she was kind of figuring out who she is, and and Royce is kind of trying to figure out. Okay, well, where's this going? What does it lead to? What does this mean? You know. Is this a big comedy thing? What is it? So I feel like if it would have get bit, you know, if he had stayed and then we'd have had time to evolve, like maybe he'd have gone his own separate way, or maybe we'd have continued growing, but we'd have been able to figure out kind of who we are and where we all fit. You know what I mean? Because he was having quite a funny, intriguing storyline with me. We never know. Uh, we will never know now where it was actually headed. But you, you know, when when you're in a group that has. Not everyone can be the same. So I feel like if it had had time to evolve, then, uh, you know, we could have seen where it had gone a little bit better. Obviously, kind of Chris Adonis has really kind of taken his place. Another big boy, um, you know, that fits Billy's mold as far as, like, guys going to look like an uh, old-school pro wrestler, wouldn't he? fits right in there with those 80s guys. Oh, for sure. I love I love Chris. I love Chris to death. He's, uh, he's a great guy to be around. I've known him for, for quite some time. We... We've wrestled quite a few times together uh, on the UK independent scene, and um, it's great to have Chris around. And um, you know, he's like you say, a guy that's been there and done it all. And it's nice to be in, you know, uh, yeah. It's kind of besides being a guy that I really get on with. We're both kind of the same side. We both kind of um, we we both we're not we're going to try and never go to the top rope. You know, so we kind of fit together a, a little bit, a little bit more. So, but again, we're still in our, our early stages. We don't kind of really know where, where that's progressing. I mean, we've not given him one of the jackets yet. You know, he's not, he's not, he's in, but he's not officially in. You know, so we get, you know, we're just testing them out and seeing how it how it's going. But uh, as far as having him there, he he totally fits the mold. He totally belongs in the NWA, and and again, it's nice for him to be able to have a have a, a place to call, um, you know, his home right now. Where do you get those awesome jackets? By the way, those are great. Well, the uh, <laughs> the boss man, uh, the the national treasure, he's the one that you need to talk to about one of them. Those are some great uh, great jackets. They're like. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like uh, 
I don't even know what it would like that old school, like Magic Johnson would have it on. You know what I mean? Like the uh, old school kind of like basketball jackets almost like those awesome ones from the eighties. Yeah, no, the, they're cool. So Chris needs yeah. to, uh, to hurry up and uh, qualify for his jacket and then we'll all have jackets. So for a while, you know, they, they have Camille with Nick. What do you think of, of that? Cause obviously, you know, they're kind of teasing like, what's the relationship there? What did you think about Camille with Nick? Cause it fits, but then it's also like, Ooh, there's some mystery there. Why is she with him? What is she doing with him? Isn't he married to Mickey? Jan- you know what I mean? There's a little bit of intrigue there, a little bit of interest. Yeah. I think that, I mean, Kaylee, Camille, she had, um, she kind of quit the business. Like she trained at T- team 3d under the Dudleys and, she was on the independent scene for a bit, and then her ex was a, is a wrestler too. And so she kind of, you know, she was doing it, and then she kind of fell out of, she just, you know, kind of moved on from it. So, you know, Dave Lagarner had reached out, hey, are you still doing anything? I think Nick at the time was doing his thing, and, you know, the idea was like, hey, let's have a let's have a heater, let's have a, you know, a, a big jack woman that's kind of, you know, my bodyguard, you know. And it's kind of, you know, no one had really, done that in a very long time you know um and so it was different and unique and she was down for it and so it kind of just organically became became a thing and her not talking then organically became a thing and it was sort of a great way to 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 build her up and get her in front of people and you know put her with with the champ and it was a a, you know it was a it was a good way to have he you know he had someone then that could take some of the take some of the heat or have him get more heat because you know a lady's look you know protecting him and you know it was kind of just a unique blast again blast from the past so um and it sort of re 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 sparked the 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 love and passion that she has for pro wrestling um so you know it all sort of worked out where did you guys initially meet was it just i guess wrestling somewhere along the line no, we'd never we'd never met. Um, I've been I think I've been back in America now three 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 years or so something like that. So so I so I flew into to Orlando. I got a lot of you know old pals from there. So I was in like uh, like I think I think I was with Sam Shaw Dexter for a little bit, and then and a couple of my other close friends in Tampa or whatever. And so, um, so I originally, I flew back, had a couple of weeks in, um, in, uh, in Florida. So I caught up with everyone. And then, and then Sam drove me, Dexter drove me up to, um, to, to Clarksville where I was going to stay. Cause I originally left, uh, the UK. I'd sort of, I felt like I'd wore out my welcome and I was, I, I was kind of spinning my wheels there. I'd, I'd left impact. I went back to the UK. I continued making my living wrestling full time, but I just felt this isn't, it doesn't feel like my home kind of anymore. I want to be back in America, but I don't have anything to go back to. I was still, you know, an alcoholic and I also still didn't, um, I didn't want to commit to real life. I didn't want a real job. You know, I was still in that sort of, sort of bad mindset, you know, so, uh, Crimson, um, he, he'd reached out and he was like, Hey, Sam was going to be the head coach of our school, but there's a, there's a position here now, you know, I'll try and help you, you know, figure out where you're going to live and, uh, you know, we'll get you rolling here with, with the school. And it's going to give you something. Cause I was desperate to get out of the UK. So I was like, great. Um, that sounds cool. So, so, like I said, Sam went to the review, so that spot was open. So that's what originally sort of brought me, again, got me out of, you know, being in the UK. And so I 
like I said, I spent a few days in, well, a week or two in Florida, and then Sam, we drove up for the pop-up show, the NWA uh, Tried and True pop-up show. And so she was there, and that was the first time that we uh, met, and then uh, we just never left each other's sight. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a great story, right? Damn. Look at that. Yeah, Love it no, first great. I, Kaylee, she's... Um, you know, she's the she's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, not to sound all soppy and, and whatnot, but she, I, you know, I'm two nearly two years sober now, and uh, you know, she's helped massively in me dealing with my addictions and, and everything else. And you know, I, I'm about to turn 35, um, August the sixth, and you know, it was time to grow up. It was time to mature. It was, you know, so we kind of met at this perfect time where she'd just moved from Durham to, um, to Nashville, sort of to be close to the NWA. We pretty much kind of moved to Tennessee at the same time. I was, I was kind of figuring out, you know, uh, life again, figuring out where I fit. And so, you know, we just hit it off, um, you know, right away. And, um, you know, me now being in the position where I am, which is, you know, I, you know, I run a household, I have a, I have a dog, I, I have a, a real, a real life job. I, you know, I quit alcohol. Like I, I had to grow up and sort of just go, you know, what? I'm tired of being this, uh, this idiot. And so it kind of worked out magically with, with her coming into my life and me going, okay, I need to grow up and figure out, you know, life. So, you know, um, it's, it's worked out fantastic. And then, Again, we get to work together. We, you know, we've done tours of Mexico together and a bunch of other stuff. So, you know, it's 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 great. As you get to work and be with your um, with your partner. And some people would hate that, but you know, we don't. We we're pretty much attached at the hip, to be honest. And and we're both okay with that. So, and I never used to be okay with that kind of stuff. So, I'm really happy that like I, I, I love all the time that we get to to spend together. It's so interesting. It's like the business is so much different now where couples a lot of the time are like together in the business. You know, she's wrestling, you're wrestling. You would think some people wouldn't like that. Like me and my wife probably like, nah, let's, you know, you do your thing. I'll do my, you know, probably want to separate, but that's great. You guys love, you guys get along. Same interests. Yeah. I think that definitely helps. Um, me being the person I am now really helps too. I mean, you know, right. it, this, 10 years ago, this one, I would have hated this and I would have rebelled against it. Um, but I mean, wrestling is kind of one of those weird things too, where you're around all the, especially say WWE or some, some place like that, where you're on the road all week, every week, you end up bonding with these people because these people become your family. So there's a lot of that too. And you're right. I guess back in the day it was frowned upon. Whereas nowadays, um, you know, it's not. And that's just kind of like how it is in the world in general. Like a lot of things that were frowned upon before or things that, you know, would have been risque or, you know, uh, and now becoming more acceptable and more mainstream. So that's just another example of things that would might have got you heat back in the day or could have been detrimental to your career. Whereas now people, it's just normal and people expect that to take place. You don't have to hide it anymore. Yeah. And hey, you're a pretty big name in the NWA. She's the NWA women's champion. So, I mean, obviously where the NWA goes, you guys are going to have a lot of responsibility with pushing it. Is that pressure on you guys? Like not even as a couple, just as wrestlers and being so close. Like, hey, you know, we got to really make sure that this thing lands. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on your shoulders with the NWA. Um, I need that pressure. I want that pressure. The... Uh... You know, in my past sort of 10 years, I've been given the ball and I've thrown it away. I've been given the ball, I've thrown it away. 
you know, I had a good push in WWE and I was a drunk and I messed that up. Like, you know, uh, I had to get the NXT Tag Team Champions and uh, uh, Championships messed that up. We're supposed to go up apparently after the Shield to, you know, the main roster, messed that up. Then I go to Impact and then, you know, I'm pushed and I'm used well, but I don't care. And I'm, you know, a drunk and I'm an idiot. And I throw that away, you know. I get I get um, sent to, to for a two week tour of Noah, and I, Japan would definitely should have been a place where I'd have thrived. And I think that I've done really well, and I'd have really fit in. And I get drunk, and I mess that up, and I get kicked off the tour, you know. And it's just one thing after the other, after the other arrests and this and that. Like I've always been put in positions to to succeed, but I just didn't care, or I, or you know, I was self sabotaging. And like I said, now sober, uh, turning 35, you know, I wish I'd had the same mindset and mentality that um, I do now 10 years ago because my life would have been, obviously there's lots of things that I'd still want, like Kaylee and and, and whatnot. But what I'm saying is is my life would have been different had I have, you know, had a grown up sensible brain in my head, which I didn't. So when it comes to this time at turning 35, I want the responsibility. I want the ball. I want to run with the ball. Whereas before, like I said, I kick the ball away. I don't want it. I don't care. Whereas now I do and I do care. It's just a shame that it took 10 years to get to this point. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I want that pressure and I, and I, and I want to be given the ball because this time I want to, I want to run with it. So yeah, of course there's always pressure, but wrestling's one of these things where there's pressure no matter what, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's never a point where wrestling's a weird thing where you, you, it's not like you get like a little bit, you can have like this little good run and then just sit back and chill on it. Like you're judged every time you wrestle. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you're, you start from scratch every time the mic's been put in front of your face or every time you lace your boots and step in the ring, you've you got to prove yourself again. And there's always a new audience or people forget. So, you know, you've got to be very lucky to ride on, um, you know, something that you did a long time ago. And for me, it's all about proving people wrong now and proving people different and and so yeah i you know we i thrive on that and uh you you know you only figure out who you are when you're put in these sorts of uh, positions and i know that kaylee kind of feels the same like you know it's go time and and that's what we want and that's what we expect they always say what's that line um you're judged only by your or you're only as good as your last match i think that's that's the quote that they always use like even if it's a legend, hey, he's only as good as his last match. Yeah, Detroit. True, it's always like new pressure every time. Totally new pressure. I mean, you said legend. There, I think the legends can kind of get away with it a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit. Sure. But they still mm-hmm. obviously feel the pressure, and and you know, like you said, people. Uh, you're totally right. You you're always judging on your last on your last performance. So, with you and you mentioned NXT, and and obviously you getting kicked out when you initially got to. NXT, I guess really FCW first, right? You were in FCW first, then they transferred over and became NXT. Were you there in the beginning of FCW? I believe, yes, right? Yeah. How'd you get like recruited in there? Like, who who scouts you? Is that like a Johnny Ace thing? He scouts you and brings you in? Johnny Ace was the guy that hired me originally, yeah. Uh, to back up, um, to back up a lot, <laughs> but I'll try not to go on too much here. Like, sure. I... I started wrestling when I was 16. That's um, like I said, 10:35 now. So it's pretty much half my life. I started wrestling when I was 16. And I started trying out for WWE from 2005 uh, 
for five, four or five years before I finally got hired. Oh, wow. But I, when I, so I started wrestling at 16, but I was untrained. Uh, I started refing first and then, and then I started wrestling. I was untrained. I was just kind of, let, I was allowed to go do whatever. It was a really small promotion. Not a lot of people watched it. If you watch any of those tapes now, you know, or I watch any of those tapes now, I'd be mortified. I was the biggest Jeff Hardy <laughs> fan. So I was out there doing swantons and, you know, I was doing all the stuff that nowadays, you know, uh, you know, I'm not really into, which is diving over the ropes and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I used to like that kind of stuff. I just think I've got older and my body's beating up and I just go, no, I, I don't want to do that. But, uh, and plus I'm getting old, so I can't, but right, right. Um, I started wrestling. Yeah. Like I said, when I was 16 and then I, I, or when I was 18, I moved to Harrogate, uh, which is next door to Leeds. And, um, and, and somehow, I mean, the internet wasn't how it was back then. I stumbled across um, a school run by Jeff Kay and Drew McDonald, who are uh, two world of sport uh, veterans and, and legends, sort of from the wrestling scene, you know, years back with uh, giant haystacks and, and people like that. And so somehow, I mean, it was a real crappy gym um, in Pudsey. Uh, basically, I learned how to wrestle on thin mats and a concrete floor. So you learn fast how to fall. And you, you, you know what I mean? Like you learn. You, I learned the craft like kind of the old school way on mats and then and, and then you know got booked on shows and kind of figured it out from there but somehow Jeff K the old man that trained us he was best friend or really close friends with Fit Finley so I found this gym in the in the middle of you know some crappy area in Leeds um that the guy that ran the school and there's only a few of us because no one knew it existed he just kind of did it to get out of the house and sort of pass on a bit of his knowledge um you know i found this place that had an affiliation with WWE. like i couldn't have got any more sort of lucky and so i started trying out and i might have been 18 or 19 or whatever from you know at that point in 2005 i started trying out from 2005 uh, yeah to 2009 and then finally got hired at the end of 2009 and it was three or four years of being told i did nothing or thinking that i wasn't good enough or i was never going to make it um I even quit wrestling for a while because I thought I'm just never gonna get, never gonna get hired, you know. Um, and then, um, you know, one of the times too, like Drew, Sheamus, Wade, all those guys, uh, had, um, I forget the other guy's name, they were all hired except for me. And I'm going, well, I'm obviously, you obviously don't want me. I'm obviously crap. I shouldn't be here. So that's when I gave up. But again, you know, I got the bug again. I thought, no, I, I can't give up. I've got, got to keep trying. So. Um, 2009 is the day that I got hired and I nearly didn't get hired again. It was a day, you know, they, they liked me or whatever, but you never really hear anything. And, and, and so I'm sat at the table and I've heard that two of my other friends have got hired uh, rampage Brown and, and Martin stone. They were thinking about putting them as a tag team and maybe bring them straight up to the road. And so I'm sat there and catering and I'm upset and I'm good and I'm not being hired. And, I'm talking to Drew because Drew, 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 my other trainer, um, he would, um, he would, he was kind of like the talent scout, Drew McDonald. He was kind of the talent scout for all the UK guys. So he would, you know, he would, he would bring his, he would bring, you know, all the UK guys in to get a look at. And so I'm sat there at the table with him and, and I'm just gutted and he's just like, hey, you want to go speak to Ace? So I was like, uh, I was like, yep. But I, I was terrified because every time I spoke to him, like he'd be like, "Hey, kid, you know, you know, what have you done?" And I, you know, I hadn't wrestled anywhere, I hadn't gone anywhere. Yeah, I'd wrestled around the UK, 
but I still, you know, I was timid and I, I was scared. He's this giant man with this booming voice. So I was like, uh, 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 uh. And so he'd just be like, let's just go stand over there. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't give him any information. There was a shit in my pants. <laughs> and so we go and, and we knock on his door and he comes out and he's like, um, he, I can't remember the conversation, but he ended up saying like, can you pass a drug test? And I kind of was like, uh, yeah, you know, hoping that he wasn't going to drug test me right there and then. And uh, he said, okay, we're going to send you a drug test in the post. If you pass it, you come into Florida. If you fail it, we'll never deal with you again. So I was kind of like, oh, sh you know, shit. And so, Luckily, it was months and months before the drug test showed up, peed clean, and then, you know, I got, and then they they, they, they brought me over there. So, you know, but it was, um, you know, it was it was five years of being told nothing or just figuring out I was never going to sort of, sort of make it. And then, luckily, I knocked on his door, and that conversation is the conversation that, that got me there. But it was Arn Anderson, too. Arn had taken sort of a shine to me and Martin Stone. And the, the second to last tryout, he's like, I like you guys, you guys come back. So we thought, okay, like maybe, maybe we'll get hired. And then, like I said, we get there. I nearly don't get hired. Martin gets hired. And, and luckily I had that conversation with Johnny and Johnny was the one that, that sort of, you know, took a gamble on me and, and got me hired. Man, the uh, craziness of like getting in, right? I mean, it's like, you oh, see so your friends getting in and you getting, it's crazy. Totally. And then, you know, wrestling has changed so much now, like on the independent scene in the UK, you know, there was a big boom and there's loads of places where you could work, work and wrestle and get your name out there. You know, Twitter and things like that wasn't around when I was starting. The internet was, wasn't very good. And um, getting hired by WWE was super hard. I mean, you, the, the odds of getting hired back then when I was trying to get hired were m so minimal. I mean, they've got a quota of Brits that they need. So, you know, so it was super, super hard. Whereas now, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying times have changed. Like, it's yeah. very easy to get in front of them. It's very easy to sort of, you know, join join the club where it was, it was like as hard as me becoming an astronaut and going to the moon in my mind, getting to that, you know, getting to that place. So I am, I am proud that I did, especially back then when it was, near enough impossible and you head to uh, fcw and they give you the name i guess kenneth cambridge where the hell does that come from so um they don't like i always thought that when you got to developmental they went oh you look like a plumber we're going to give you a plumber gimmick or you look like a fireman you're a fireman sam or whatever but that's not the case you got to figure it out yourself uh, kind of sink or swim there to be honest and uh i was just a blind baby face i didn't know who i was um, and, um, yeah, in, on the UK scene, I pretended to be the American, you know, I'd come out with the American flag and all the Brits, all the, all the kids would boo me. Like, you know what I mean? I, it, yep. it, I was just a pretend American, the pretend bad guy, but, uh, I, I, or, or I'd be, or I'd be a, or I'd be a bland sort of, you know, arm dragging baby face. So, um, so when I got there, they, you know, they give you a sheet, they go come up with 10 names or whatever. And, um, at the time the uh, British prime minister, uh, was David Cameron. And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking of British things. And then my, um, my ex, my, my first ex-wife's, um, grandfather was called Kenneth. So I just thought, I just kind of put the two together. <laughs> Kenneth Cameron. I didn't know. I didn't realize mm -hmm. Kenneth Cameron was going to turn into a vampire, but there you go, you know? So yeah, they, 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 you just give them a bunch of names and they just go, okay, this is, this is what you are. And that was the one that they chose. I can't remember. I wish I could remember the other names that I put down, but I can't. 
so funny like some of the names that like they come up with like you think it's a name generator but like with you you actually pick in some of the names but like baron oh, corbin every, Dolph everyone, Ziggler, it's everyone crazy. picks the name and they have a sheet of 10 but oh, okay. obviously the office picks what they're going to call you you just you but you still have to come up with the name so everyone that everyone that you see they've all come up with their own name they just it was just chosen from they just chosen from a list the office so it's just like uh, you know, kind of like random of what they would like pref- against, preferably what you would want. Uh, yeah, you you know, although you want to make sure that every name you put in on there you, you like. <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? It, but whatever they like the most is going to trump whatever you like the most. Right. So, but I mean, essentially, you've picked it, but they pick the they pick what it is. Right. When you kind of are moving along, when does the Ascension form? Is that FCW first, and then when you go to NXT, they form? Because you're you're the original Ascension, you and Connor, right? Yes. Um, so I was kind of floating around, not knowing what I was doing, and it's really weird actually because me and Ryan, me and Connor, the day that so before you get hired, you got to pass a medical. So they flew me, Martin Stone, uh, Rampage Brown. Um, they. F- flew all three of us to Pittsburgh. So that was the first time I came to America. And they, you know, they take you to the to their to their doctors and, and whatnot. And they put you through all these tests and figure out if you're acceptable. Be a drug test and uh, you know, making sure you don't they're not gonna hire you and then you're gonna break the next day. So uh, we all flew there and Ryan had just got rehired too because he was he used to be in OVW back in the day, right? And he quit and then he and then he, you know, got the bug again and, and they hired him again. And so we're all me, Rampage and, and Martin are sat there in waiting for Ryan because he's the only one that can drive. You know, we're 23, 24 and we live in the UK and the UK, you really don't need to drive. So we didn't have driver's licenses. So luckily, Ryan was also getting his medical that day too. And I remember we sat there uh, in the airport and then this giant man comes down the elevator and I go, oh God, like, this is what the old, like, we're three tiny Brits. Like, this guy's a monster, yeah. you know? And it was all, it was like, and it's probably still like that there now. Like, these are big dudes. Like, and, you know, we might be the bigger guys on the independent UK scene, uh, but we're coming to America and everyone's ginormous. So we're just kind of like, oh boy. So me and Ryan ended up, like you said, we'd never met before. We ended up rooming that night, um, which is kind of funny. Uh, we roomed that night, and uh, you know, we kind of hit it off. And he goes to NXT and starts doing, you know, the 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 comedy kind of show that they had there, doing the rap character and all this sorts of stuff. I went to developmental. I was kind of figuring out who I am, where I fit. Me and Ollie, me and Rampage, we kind of tag in a little bit, trying to do a hooligans gimmick that he was going to do with Martin, because Martin ended up. Um, getting injured or blowing out his knee, so they put him on the back burner, and he, they didn't bring him in the end. Um, and it was supposed to be their gimmick, but I didn't know who I was, so I kind of went, "Oh, I'll just do the, the football hooligan gimmick," even though I didn't like football hooligan. I've got long hair, and so we just figured it out. We just didn't really know what we were doing. Um, you look at Rampage now; where he works for NWA, sorry, for um, NXT UK. And the boy's killing it now. He's the best talent to come out of the UK for sure. He is a beast. He's a monster. He looks like a man. He wrestles like a man. Like Rampage, besides being a close friend of mine, he's just hella talented. And I'm so happy that he's getting the opportunity now to show showcase what he can do. Um, so anyway, we would tag a bit and kind of figure out what we we're doing. But we were in the, we were we were there to be jobbers for the longest time because you, again, no matter what stage you are, you've got to go there. You got to pay your dues. So we were get he was getting squashed by Bray Wyatt. I was getting squashed by Tyrus. Like it was just part of part of the job, you know. And so yep. 
somehow we were just a sort of a bunch of um, toys that didn't know what who we were, what we were doing. So somehow, and I can't remember how it even became a thing, but Ricardo sort of pulled us all together and went, hey, I've got this kind of ascension idea. So me, Ra Raquel, Raquel uh, Tito, Ryan and uh, Rodriguez, we all did this promo. I can't remember what happened, what we were doing. I, apparently, Ryan, I think, said that we were in each corners of the ring and they shot the promo in and it shot the, you know, the camera shot on top of the ring and we were in there and we all took a turn saying something. And Dusty sort of, you know, instantly Dusty's, Dusty Rhodes' mind's going, he's kind of figuring it out and then he ends up getting rid of uh, Ricardo because Ricardo was already with um, uh, Alberto anyway. So we didn't, so Dusty's like, I don't really see him. He's already got his thing going on. Let's put you lot together. And so I think one day we showed up and we all wore like black, um, smart, you know, um, clothes, like shit, you know, slacks, all that. And so Dusty then was like, mm, I see something, I see sort of vampires. And I guess it was around the time of Twi uh, Twilight, True Blood, maybe, I, I don't know. I didn't watch any of that stuff. And he was just like, oh, I see something in you. So it kind of spawned um, organically from that. And, and we just took the ball with it and, and, and ran with it. And I was always really grateful for Dusty because he, he saw something in me and he took time out to help me. And, you know, he, he's one of the main dudes there. You want him to be on your side. And so, you know, I was very grateful that he saw something in me and, and, and then let this sort of beast run. So, you know, we, we had a good run, uh, the four of us. And then uh, Raquel kind of went her own separate way. Tito was called up to the road to tag with Primo. Uh, so it just became me and Ryan. Because back then in developmental, it's not like now where everyone knows who's in developmental. We were an island to ourselves. No one knew who we were, what we were doing. There was days that, like, say, Undertaker, Michael Hayes, a few of the SmackDown writers, Triple H, whoever, would come down to, to the Tampa warehouse. And they would basically go, you, you get in the ring, show us something. Or we'd have a bit of time to put a match together in the back. We'd put our gear on. And we'd come out to music and we'd, we'd, you know, so they all got to see, I think I wrestled Brad Maddox, maybe, or I wrestled Xavier Woods, I can't remember. And we'd do these sort of tryouts in front of, you know, Undertaker and Triple H and some of the writers to see if they wanted to bring anyone up. But other than that, they had no clue who was down there. Vince, obviously, I don't know if he still does now, but zero clue. We were literally just on an island all to ourselves. No one knew, no one cared we were down there. So when they pulled Tito up, you know, it makes complete sense because they have no clue what we're doing down there. Zero. Um, I'm sure that, you know, every Wednesday when we film promo class, it would get sent to Stanford and no one would watch it, I'm sure. So they had no clue what was going on. And Dusty even helped us put together a package. Like um, we got pictures taken and we got a DVD and we, we got Bill to go up there and sort of pass it around, uh, you know, on a raw day or whatever the case may be to go, Hey, we've got these guys down here. Take a look at this. Cause it was like, even though we worked for the company, we've, we've still got to try and get our stuff in front of the, the people. I mean, it just was mad. And so, um, so like I said, Tito was gone, Raquel's gone, Rodriguez is gone. And it just becomes me and Ryan and Bill Dumatwood. He wasn't running it at the time, but he'd come down a lot. He already had a past relationship with Ryan from OVW or Deep South, wherever it was. And so me, Bill, you know, we hit it off and he really helped sort of hone me in and get me aggressive and get my wind up. And he wanted to sort of like just rabid animals. So every time he'd come down, we'd spend extra time with Bill going through stuff and figuring it out. And um, 
And then Ryan eventually got injured. So I had a little mini run by myself where I was, you know, consecutively squashing people and beating people up and, and got my first little push, even though it was only an FCW. And then when Ryan came back, it was the same around the same time that they'd, you know, gotten away from the old idea of NXT, which was kind of that, you know, sort of um, show where they throw you out to the wolves and say, do a promo on flowers or have you carry kegs or whatever. Like, luckily that had ended. And then they were moving into full sale, and then, um, and then it, and then there was like a, they did like a, what's the word, a pilot show. I think I wrestled um, Tyler Breeze, and um, they, you know, they filmed it. They figured out what they were going to do. I think Ryan was still, maybe still injured at this point. And then when it finally, okay, we're actually going to do this as a legitimate third show or third brand, whatever. Um, Ryan was back by that point, so then we, you know, and Dusty was there helping us, and so you know we. We were given sort of, you know, light gimmicks in our hands. We got contact lenses. We spent all this money on our gear and everything. And it was a real cool sort of special thing. I just, at the time, I just didn't, again, I was, I just didn't appreciate any of it. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I just sort of hated it all. You know, kick myself now looking back. But, um, you know, that's kind of, you know, how, how that started. And, uh, you know, me and Ryan, we, we're doing excellent. And then we went out one night. Ryan was even with me. I got into some trouble. I got in, you know, an altercation with the police officer. And that was that, you know. Uh, I didn't think I was going to get fired. Um, I mean, that, I guess that's how delusional I was at the time. I thought, oh, I'll be okay. Even though I'd previously got a DUI, like, probably within a few weeks of me arriving in, in Tampa. Getting off the plane, I already get a DUI. Uh, so they were kind of like, oh, we think you've got a problem, you know. Go figure it out. Uh, I, and unfortunately, I just never did crazy like the way uh, it ends like you said maybe nxt tag titles maybe something with the ascension maybe something big and and you know you screwed it up yourself basically no 100 you know i, I heard that you know, we're supposed to get the tag belts and then uh, they put on joel redmond who's another pal of mine and pack ben they got the belts instead obviously had before them and stuff but i was i was gone uh and then i heard that we were supposed to go up after the shield bodge that up and so and that's history now you know so I mean, I needed all that time in developmental to sort of set me up for going to Impact and, you know, figuring out who I was and uh, knowing where cameras were and figuring out promos. Because in the UK, back at least back then, there was nothing televised. There was no shows on the internet. There was no need to ever talk or ever figure out where a camera was because we were just doing it in front of a live crowd all the time. So I needed that. I really needed that time. I just wish that, you know, obviously I wish I'd have been uh compass mentors in the head and f knew that i was in a great position and knew that i was liked and um not been a drunk idiot and um you know sort of i kind of downward spiraled from that point i think even 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 worse but i do look back and i do regret it. i mean i was watching money in the bank a couple of days ago and after a while i just had to kind of walk away from it because uh you know there's a lot of guys that i started there with uh you know and i just think man like you know, maybe I'd have got fired down, you know, a year or two later. I don't know because you know the nature of the beast, like no one's safe. But I do kick myself, uh, you know. So sometimes I just have to turn it off because I'll get, you know, <laughs> I'll just get depressed over it. Yep. Hey, you never know. Look at uh, McIntyre. They released him. You know, nobody knew why. And then all of a sudden, now he's back. And you know what I mean? You never know what's going to happen with WWE. They really you never know. out of nowhere. Yeah. You never know with it. But Drew's also corporate. Um, Meaning Drew's never, you know, he's never got into any trouble. He's never been a liability. I unfortunately have been, and it's very hard to 
once you've tarred with that brush, that's pretty much it. And I'm tarred with that brush. So, and Drew, like I said, and he busted his ass to get back there. Now, he obviously got a little bit complacent and, and, you know, over the years of being there, once he got, once he got fired, he hit the independent scene like no other. He helped raise ICW a promotion in the in, in Scotland in the UK. Like he was everywhere. I mean, he was kicking ass. You know, he worked so hard, and I was around a lot of that from him being in Impact and me living with him for a while um, and things like that. Like I just saw his his work ethic and how hard he works, and you can't take that away from him like he busted his ass to get there and then once he's there he's constantly busting his ass like he's a super hard worker looks fantastic talks great he's a guy that i love wrestling myself besides the fact he's a friend and it's always more fun wrestling your friends he's also a guy that when you wrestle you have to shoot fighting because if you don't fight drew he'll beat the shit out of you <laughs> he'll he'll eat you up so i always like that because that helps me get amped up you know like i've got to shoot fight this big dude Otherwise, I'm going to get nothing. And so I, you know, I always, I always love wrestling him and, and being around him. And yeah, I like you said, you know, he deserves that and he's worked his ass off for it. You know, his situation is a bit different from me. Like they know, they know that they can trust him. Absolutely. Now, as we hit the wind down, we head towards the finish. What's next for you? What's next for Tom Latimer? I know NWS um, came up, but what, what, what's, the, what's on the docket? Uh, for me right now, uh, September, I'll be two years sober. Uh, so again, it's continuing on this path that I'm on of being um, a responsible adult, uh, you know, treating people fair, you know, treating people nice uh, and uh, working on my, my mind, my body. Uh, right now, I feel like it's go time. Um, I want, I, uh, you know, I want to be the best me I can be in and out of the ring. Whatever opportunities I'm, I'm handed, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him 110. percent There's there's nothing that's getting in my way of being a good person and a great wrestler. Uh, uh, all the things that <clears throat> I thrived on before, the partying lifestyle, the cheating, the not caring, that's all gone away now. It's shit. I'll get off the pot, and that's that's the position that I'm in. That's the position that I want to be in. And so with me, it's helping grow the NWA. It's uh, it's seeing it's it's seeing that grow and expand and me grow and expand uh, with it, and um, you know whatever wherever I'm going, um, whether it's whether I ride out my the rest of my career in the NWA, uh, regardless whatever it is, I'm going to give it 110. Um, percent You know I've got I wish I had this mindset 10 years ago. It's taken me 10 years to have this brain inside my head now that it works. Uh, but I mean, I'm excited and, uh, and, you know, I, and I'm, and I'm happy that Billy has taken the, um, you know, he, he's, um, he's let me, he's given me an opportunity and he's also, he's, he's given me another chance. I get a chance to sort of redeem myself and a chance to sort of at least put a good spin on the, the end, the winding down of my career. So, you know, like I said, whatever situation I'm put in, I'm going to give it 110% and uh, not hold anything back. So the future for me, I think, is, is very bright. And, you know, let's just say I never make it to what I want to do in wrestling. At least, uh, you know, I've, I've, um, I've figured out my brain and, I've, and I'm also a lot healthier and uh, a lot healthier in my relationship and, and everything else. So, uh, like I said, I just want to give it, uh, just be the person that I should have been uh, at, you know, 35, 
don't want to be the person that I should have been at 25. You know, the person I should have been back then is the person that I, I am now. And uh, and regardless, um, like I said, I'm just going to not hold anything back. So I'm excited. Um, I'm especially excited to see where it goes at the NWA. Very happy to be a part of that. And so, you know, I just take it day by day and see what happens. Awesome to see you're on the the right path. And of course, NWA 73rd anniversary, the end of August in St. Louis, and then in Power as well, and then even more Power TV taping. So you got a lot coming up for the uh, for the NWA in St. Louis and beyond. Yeah, we're we're super pumped. Me and uh, Kaylee, we actually are supposed to go back to the UK uh, the 11th of August, and this is the second time now that the flight has been cancelled, and it's. It's a no-go going there. And even if we did go, it's for two weeks. And you got to spend 10 days quarantining. And from what I hear, it's run like a police state. And so even if we did go and we had to quarantine, we'd get four days to see my family. And that's not enough time. So we're pretty heartbroken about the fact that we're not. I, it's another year that I can't see my family. Uh, and that really sucks. Like my, my parents yeah. and my uncle and my brother, they're all getting older. I mean, just like me, I'm getting old. They're getting older. And it really worries me. I'm like, damn, I need to get back home and see my family. So we're really kind of heartbroken that we won't be getting back to the UK this August. Uh, but instead, we thought, you know what? We'll just have a, a cheap, all-inclusive in Mexico. So uh, we go to Florida at the beginning of the month, spend a few days, spend a couple of weeks seeing some friends and, and whatnot, and seeing uh, seeing Sam Dexter in uh, in St. Augustine, which we're, we're pumped about, go on some ghost tours. And then we're going to go to Mexico for a week. And when we get back, we go straight to TV. So we got an exciting month and it's uh, my boss at my real job's not very happy because obviously I've taken the whole I've, I've taken the whole month off so she's she, you know what I mean she, she's uh, I just mowed the grass now you know to uh, stay in a good graces but um yeah you know so we're just excited it's going to be a good month and then you know we're gearing up and we're ready we're dieting and we're doing all the things that we need to do to to look and be functioning and and be the best we can be come um, come St Louis so yeah we're we're good and we're excited about it Awesome. You're keeping busy uh, in and, and out of the uh, wrestling business, which is very cool. Keeping very totally busy. Different. 3 a.m. suck, but like, you got to do it at some point. <laughs> yes, true. Now, as far as you and plugs and social media, where can everybody follow you? Uh, I think my Instagram is uh, Thomas underscore Latimer underscore. And Twitter, I think, is the same at Thomas underscore Latin underscore. Um, obviously, catch NWA Power and all the pay per views on Fight. It's a bargain. I understand that. You know, it's a bit of a, a sore subject because it was free. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, people have got to be paid. Um, you know, I think it's cheap enough and uh, and it's well worth it. I think if you're a diehard wrestling fan, the five ninety nine or whatever the price is, you know, I don't think it's that much out of your pocket. And there's a bunch of other content on there too. So obviously check out NWA uh, Power on uh, Fight TV. And um, I think that's about it. Good stuff, uh, Tom. Awesome to talk to you. Appreciate all the time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate you, bro. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.